is your first to do in Sunday school. This is what you have to do. Number one, on the count of three, I want you to shout out your name. Ready? I want you to shout out your name when I say three. One, two, three. Cassandra! family. 
Okay, it just doesn't save our soul from eternal damnation. There's so much more to our gift of salvation. He saves me from hell. He saves me unto heaven. But girls, he saves us in our day. He saves us in our day. Through this beautiful process of being birthed, but then teaching us through his word and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit to live up to my new name because I'm family. When God gives us his name, his name is holy. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy be thy name. This is your new name, Kathy. This is your new name, Michelle. This is my new name. I'm so much more than Kathy. I'm a child of God, birthed into his family, and my name is what? Well, two of you have a new name. My name is what? Holy. Yes. Holy be our new name. Kelly, good to see you. Welcome back. And your answer to prayer. That's right. That's good. So, my father's gift with his spirit then allows me to live up to my new name because God calls me. Okay, child, be holy as I am holy. We couldn't do it without his spirit. We couldn't do it. And the way that we get to be empowered and blessed and renewed every day is through the Spirit of God that lives inside of us. Romans 8, 2, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Do you know before we're saved, there's only one way we can live? We are in bondage to our sinful nature. When when God births me into his family and gives me a new name, he gives me a new way to live. I, I love the fact that 2 Peter 1.3 says, according to God's divine power, according to his divine power, he hath given us all things for life and godliness. Becky, you have everything from God because you are God's child. You have his name. You have everything you need for today. Cindy, to have all that, to live Blessed beyond measure because we've been given all things for life and godliness. Now, how exactly does that work? Well, I'm glad you asked. If you go to verse 4 of 2 Peter chapter 1, it says, We get to be a partaker of his divine nature. I don't have to live today in my fallen, carnal nature. I get to live according to his divine nature. I get to be a partaker. What does it mean to be a partaker? It means what I have, I give to you. If I'm going to partake with Bonnie, I, I give something that I have to her. God says, child, you're family. You get to partake from my nature, and it's divine. Now, I don't know about you, but let's say I could use a little divine in my day. Mm -hmm. Do you know what the word divine means? This is beautiful. As a noun, the word divine, Maya, means, ready? I need God. You know, as an adjective, divine, the word adjective, it means excellent and delightful. Now, here's the ramifications of the fact that I get to live with God today and he with me. Excellent and delightful. Gail, we could use some delightfulness today, couldn't we? We could use some excellency today. God says it's yours. You get to partake of it. And then, this is beautiful, as, as a verb, it means, ready? Discover. Discover. You and I need to find, God has given us this beautiful God-made day for us to discover 
him. Wow, all that's wrapped up in what you and I get to be a partaker of because we have a new name. We're family. Now God calls you and me to holiness for the purpose of, ready, knowing him. We get so diverted from this. Um, we've spent two weeks talking about a clean heart. Having a clean heart is the first baby step that God calls me to do. God is holy. The one thing and the only thing that divides me, that separates me from my God, my Father, is my sin. My sin. Sin separates us from God. So that's why the very first baby step of growing up has to do with my heart. It's the heart of the matter. It's the sin that I allow to stay in my heart. If I regard iniquity in my heart, I, I'm separated from my father. The one, the one who has the divine nature so that I desperately need to use to access this day. Now, the last two weeks we've talked about how we excuse little sins. Um, the very first step in, in, in stop blaming, pray, search me, O oh God, and secure his plan, all has to do with the cleanness of my heart. Because what do we do in our heart? Our heart is what? Deceitful and desperately wicked, Jeremiah writes. And he says, Kathy, you are not going to see your sin how God sees you. You know how you're going to see it? You're going to see it as no big deal. You're going to see it as a little sin. You're going you're to justify it. You're going to excuse it. You're going to cover it. Um, you're going to say, well, just one more time. I will minimize it. And I talked to you uh, last week about getting serious about those little sins that I know separate me from fellowship, from loving, from being with my father. And yet, I justify them. And the ramifications of where it takes me takes us to an awful place. Little things, little sins. Um, April 10th, 1912, the Titanic set sail on a maiden voyage. The largest passenger ship in the world at that time was also hoped to be the fastest. And the captain, in an effort to break the transatlantic crossing, had the engines going at full speed. Now, as I tell you some of these facts, I want you to make the spiritual application. The allegory here is meant to, for me to take this what happens and apply it to my spiritual life because, girls, we are the Titanic every day. We are. Yeah, COVID-19 especially. This Titanic's getting bigger and bigger. So, and we speed through our day oblivious to what we're supposed to see and get and experience because we get so sidetracked or because we don't flee temptation. We, don't, we aren't living aware of the dangers. So you make some of these applications as I give you this these facts about the Titanic. Two days out of New York, well on its way to breaking the record, the Titanic collided with an iceberg and quickly became the world's greatest maritime disaster. Although the collision was due to a combination of errors, the overall cause of disaster could be summed up in a single phrase, lack of watchfulness. Despite the fact that the captain knew they were sailing directly into an area of dangerous ice packs, no special precautions were taken. Okay, what's the first point here, spiritually speaking, girls? Lack of watchfulness. Lack of watch. Every morning when I get up, I have got to know. I am, I am a ship in a sea of sharp, infested water. Satan goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy. I've got to be aware of that. 
Waking up to the fact, Kathy, that without me, he can do nothing. So don't let any little sin that you consider little separate you from me. You need my power. You need my encouragement. You need my strength. You need my love. Radio messages from other ships warning of ice were either taken lightly or ignored altogether. One critical message was not even copied by the wireless operator because he was too busy sending personal messages from the ship's wealthy passengers to their friends and family ashore. What's the spiritual application there? Ignored warnings. Ignored warnings and then also too busy with what? Lesser things. Lesser things. God's word so directly talks to me about the cares of this world, the burden, there would be so many lesser things, Kathy, that are going to get your attention, that are going to want to take the place of me in your life. Be aware of lesser things. That, and how can I make myself accountable? Well, looking back at last week, looking back at last week, how much time did you spend with your father? In prayer? In praise? In song? in sharing a testimony in his word. As we get into the application of our Sunday school cookie babies, how do we grow? Peter says, you've got to desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may what? Grow thereby. And if you aren't in the word, that's what the Holy Spirit who indwells us to live up to our new name, holy. That's what he uses in our life to grow us. If I'm not in God's word, if you don't have a systematic plan, of being in your Bible in a disciplined time. I love, let me recommend two books right now to you. They're both by Jerry Bridges. The first one, are, the first one is um, The Pursuit of Holiness. The second one is Disciplines of His Grace. It is a two-way, you know, the, the discipline. I have, to, I have to put these disciplines in my life, Barbara, because I am so easily distracted. I so easily let lesser things come in my way and I'm in shark-infested waters. I'm in icebergs. That's gonna, it's going to destroy this boat. Um, but then, the disciplines of grace. It's both the discipline and God's grace. And we're going to get into this as we go into the Lord's Prayer a little bit more. But I highly recommend you reading both of those books. Um, so anyways, uh, he was the, the one receiving the messages was, he was, um, he was too busy sending the little messages from the wealthy patrons to their friends and families ashore. The lookout in the crow's nest did not bother to report that the binoculars that might have enabled him to see the iceberg earlier were missing. Little things. Intent on breaking the speed record, the captain did not slow the ship to a more prudent speed. Wow. Wow. In short, no precautions to avoid the icebergs were taken. In hindsight, such an indifferent attitude toward the single most dangerous hazard to the North Atlantic shipping seems to us today to be the height of folly and irresponsibility. Yet this same attitude is what, how many believers approach the Christian life. Isn't, isn't that so true, girls? And I know that the angels in heaven are just rolling their eyes as we get up and we do our day, and they're going, oh! Spirit, 
his name, his empowerment. According to his divine nature, Kathy, you get to have this all day long. Just access it. Well, God calls me to this holiness for the purpose of knowing him. It does begin with a clean heart, and I don't want to minimize it, but a clean heart is not an end to itself. It's like our ovens. My oven. Sparkly clean. No greasy smudges. No overspills. Sparkly clean. And there she sits. <laughs> so I say, I haven't gotten to that point. Well, believe me. I was so impressed one time with Trina's oven, I went home and cleaned my own. <laughs> but that's not the purpose of an oven, girls. The purpose of my oven is to bake yummy things like banana bread and sugar cookies. The purpose of my oven is to produce lasagna and garlic bread. Yeah, that's the purpose of an oven. Girls, the purpose of our heart is to produce what only God can do in me when I have a clean heart. The first step is to have a clean heart because God wants to produce in you and me apple pie, blueberry muffins, the fruit of his spirit. My life should have the aroma of the bread of life. So yes, the first step is a clean heart, but understand that's not an end to itself. That's simply to get ready to produce what God wants to produce. It's the first step in ready growing up. Here we go to our Sunday school uh, cookie, the whole point of our cookie. Um, she's a baby. I don't have one here. I know to grab a baby. <laughs> okay, she's a baby. She's a baby. Now, babies are cute. Babies are beautiful. Babies are a gift from God. And even as salvation is beautiful and is a gift from God, but 1 Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may get bigger, get bigger, become a bigger baby. Mm, some of you are thinking, well, I know some Christians who are some big babies. Yeah, we do, and if we're totally honest, we've all been at that stage at many points in our life. Matter of fact, as a side note, if you're jotting anything down, Ephesians 4 is a great chapter that will indicate if I'm just becoming a bigger baby or if I'm growing. For instance, you know, um, when, when you're a baby, well, I, I can't take time to go into some of these things. Oh. Um, but let me just say, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. Um, Paul, in Galatians 5, 5, he says, he says, hey, quit biting and devouring one another. Quit it. You know that, remember that two-year-old biter in the toddler nursery? Okay, Paul says, quit biting and devouring. You don't, don't live as a baby. And then he explains how to grow up. Um, our first four grandchildren, they were all born in the space of of two years, so it was this huge little nursery group together. Now, Autumn was the baby of this, of the first four, and uh, she was a chubby baby. Matter of fact, as I did these cookies, I just, I just love reflecting on Autumn and praying for Autumn, and that she was just a, just a fat little baby. I just wanted to squeeze her legs and her arms and her cheeks all the time, you know. But she couldn't keep up with the older three. Oh. Did she try? Oh, was she determined? But she was a, tell me. Baby. She was a baby. 
She tried to walk, hanging on to the furniture because she wanted to get where the other three had run off to, you know. And uh, she was finally upright. She was on wobbly legs. And just as she was taking a step, Happy Boy the dog comes around the corner and bumps into her and down she goes. Autumn, Autumn is determined. Autumn gets up again with a lot of work and a lot of effort. And just as she's teetering on these two chubby legs, the other three come racing through the living room, bump into her, down she goes again. No problem, she tries again, she gets up again, and she is pulling herself up, and if the kids had a ball that they were chasing, uh, throwing for Happy Boy, you know, and so they come around the corner with that ball, they throw that ball, and Cindy, it goes right in between <laughs> the little legs, that bottom is just finally up here standing on two legs, down she goes again. Okay, the dog followed right through her legs. That's so funny. This time, she is totally frustrated. All right, she goes back to crawling and crying. I quit. I quit. Now, here's a parallel I want you to take. I don't care how many times you have fallen last week. God's Word says, child, the just man falls seven times. It's an ongoing thing, yet rises again. And God's Word says, don't quit because I will lift you up. I will give you the strength that you need for today. Don't think about tomorrow and all that. No, sufficient unto the day, God gives us strength. He says, today, today, stand up, today, rise up. I'm your father. We have the same last name. You can partake of my divine nature. What does he promise us? He says, I promise I will strengthen you and I will lift you up. So the next time she went down, I scooped her up, and I said, oh, baby. I kissed her fat cheeks, and I said, we're going to do this. I set her up. I put her on her feet, and I said to Autumn, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. See, babies are always afraid. Matter of fact, it got so that if Autumn even saw a happy boy around, she would just sit down. <laughs> she lived in fear. That's what babies do. And dear sister in Christ, if you are living in fear... Okay? That is a call to grow up. That is a call to grow up. You need the Word of God and the Spirit of God stirring your heart with His Word. Fear not, I will help thee. I'm, I'm relearning the verses in Isaiah that are just awesome. Isaiah 41, 30. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of righteousness. Verse 13. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee. What does he say to us, girls? Fear not. I am with thee. So I said to Autumn, honey, don't worry. Don't worry about that dog. Grandma's bigger. Grandma's bigger than that dog. Now, what does God's word say about our fear? He says, greater is he that is what? Than he that is in the world. Stop fearing and put your faith into action and say right out loud, God, I don't understand this. This makes me fearful. But according to your word, that's just a baby trait. Grow me. Grow me. And I can't wait to see what you are going to do in this situation, whether it be whether it be a broken arm, whether it be a court case, whether it be cancer. Praise the Lord. Todd's numbers are wonderful. 
um, drop Karen and Todd a note rejoicing with them. I don't care what it is that comes into my day, God says, don't, don't fret, fret not. I'm with you, and I have a purpose in this. And I activate my faith by saying, I don't get it. God, you do. And Lord, I am going to look forward to seeing what you will do in this. God doesn't work in my fretting. God doesn't work in my worry. God doesn't work in my fear. You know, the only thing God works in fact, is our faith. He says, now faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you're living in fear, how much time did you spend in God's word last week? See, those are the safety checks that you take as to, I don't want to stay a baby. God, I need to grow up. God does the growing. I do the discipline of faithfully obeying what God's word tells me. I can't make me grow. That's God's doing it. And God delights in growing his children. There's nothing much more heartbreaking than a child who doesn't grow up. And God says, my children are meant to grow uh, i got to tell you this last point, or my sweet husband's face is going to pop through that door. I want to show you this card. This card was written by Autumn to me, okay? She was about four or five years old. And it says, Dear Grandma, will you someday teach me how to paint and draw like you? Love, Autumn. I love you, Grandma. Now, I keep this in the Bible that I read through my Bible in a year. And this was, this was, this was her card to me. This is huge for us to take the spiritual application. You see what she did? She tried to draw. She didn't like it. Oh, that's me. I love you all my heart. I love you. <laughs> she tried to draw something. She didn't like it. And what did she do? She scribbled it out. She scribbled it out. This is what God says in our growth, in our growing today. Don't cover your sin. Don't color it out. Confess it. Because there's something beautiful I want to do in you today. Get rid of it. So, here's your last verse to take you with. Um, it's in Isaiah 43. Everyone that is called by my name. What's your name, girls? Holy. What's your name, girls? Holy. Everyone that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. You get that. I get that today. Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above. All that I ask or think, according to what? According to the power that worketh in me. I can say that based on the fact that God's spirit lives inside of me. And I've got the word of God that will teach me. It's David's sweet verse. Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk on thy path. What's the next word? Unite. The whole purpose of all of it is our hearts are united with God's.